This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I am here with my co-host and my sister and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Excited to be here for yeah. another, I don't know, terrifying, interesting, fun, cool case. Oh, this is quite the case. Yeah, yeah. it is. I love it. It is definitely an unsolved case, and we're excited to bring it to you guys. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be well, I think super good. You guys, I guess, can be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah. This story starts in 1945 in New York, New York City, on June 10th. And on this day, two little boys were riding their bikes, and a lady stopped them and asked them if they liked candy. And uh -oh. they said they did, because what little boys don't like candy? So one little boy went with her. His name was Gerald, Gerald Martin or Jerry Martin, as his family called him. And he went with her. His brother stayed with the bikes. So, and his name was Tom. So Tom stayed with the bikes so that they would be safe. And Jerry went off with the lady to get the candy. And as you can imagine, never came back. Yeah. So within, you know, a very short amount of time, there was a manhunt, a nine-state manhunt search for this child. Uh, the lady he was with was described, they called her Nancy. I don't know if that's because she described her, or that's how she introduced herself to the boys, but they called her Nancy. They said she was around 33 years old, and she was wearing slacks. That's about all they knew. Mm -hmm. And no one, yep, no one ever saw Gerald again. He was a little brown-eyed, fair-haired, or, or yeah, brown-eyed, fair-haired kid that was just riding bikes with his brother, uh, 5 p.m. on Friday. And again, he just uh, vanished hmm. after that. And they looked and looked and looked for a long time. There was five children in the family. Uh, he was kind of right in the middle. There was a baby, and there was an 11-year-old, and then some little boys here in the middle. Mm -hmm. But they looked for Gerald for a long time and never found him. He was just, he just vanished. So fast forward a little further down the road. Remember this happened in 1945. So we're going to fast forward now to 2017. Whew, that is a big fast forward. Yeah. We're going to take a big jump. And a woman named Audrey Bell, Audrey Bell's 51. And she was the mother of triplets. She lived on Long Island, so not far away. And she has triplets. She wanted to know which one was the fraternal triplet. So there were two that were identical twins, one that was fraternal. And she was trying to figure out for sure which ones, which was the fraternal sibling. They must all have looked a whole lot alike. But mm -hmm. at any rate, she did a 23andMe kit 
on this child to kind of to try to get a sense of, you know, who was the fraternal twin. And when the test came back, there was something kind of weird about it because she was raised in a family of Italians, or so she thought. Her dad's last name, her father's name was Richard Palmadesso. And he was all very proud of his Italian ancestry. So she was very surprised when her children's DNA came back with no Italian heritage. Yeah. That was really weird. And so they, her family was confused by this. Her dad was confused. Her mom, they all were a little confused about why that would be because that was not supposed to be the case. So she had talked, she was a twin as well. So this is kind of wild. It's off topic, but mm-hmm. you know, so we're talking about Audrey, who was a twin. Her twin sister's name is Cynthia. And she also had triplets. So anyway, multiples mm-hmm. runs in that family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so which family is it? Right. So her sister, the twin, she decided that she also wanted to uh, do a 23andMe test in 2019. So she did a 23andMe test as well. And again, no Italian heritage. And they were so confused because there was, how could that be? They were supposed to be rich with Italian heritage. And according to their genetics, they didn't have that. And that was supposed to be their father's heritage. So that's just really weird. Well, unfortunately, he died in 2017. So not too long after that first DNA test came back from one of his granddaughters, he died. So they couldn't even ask him and didn't know what to do. So their dad didn't have a whole lot of family. He had very little family that he was close to in any way. But he had a cousin. He was there one of the only known living relatives that he had that this family knew. His name was also Richard Palmadesso. So they went and talked to Richard and they asked him if he would take a DNA test to try to help them figure out what was going on. Because at this point, of course, there's, you know, they're not sure. Like, who's our dad, you know, or is he or or what's going on? Like, how is, how is this happening? Right. Well, he agrees and he takes a test and the test confirms that he is not their relative. Yeah. So that's so bizarre. Yes. So now this supposed cousin of their dad's is not their dad's cousin. So now what? So now they're especially confused because Mm -hmm. these, these people that are all supposed to be related are not, they're supposed to be Italian. They're not, nothing really works, but, Cynthia, the the twin sister, when she had her test, she had opted for the selection in 23andMe that shows you who your relatives are that have all also done a 23andMe test, right? Yeah. And so there was a man that had come up named Tom Martin, who was looked like a fairly close relative. And they didn't know who Tom Martin was. But remember, their dad, Richard, wasn't close to his family. So they just thought he was another relative, right? Right. So they reach out to Tom Martin. Does Tom, does the name Tom sound familiar to you guys yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they contact this man. The twins shared, the twin sisters, they shared 22% of their DNA with him, which meant he would either be, he could be their grandfather or their uncle. Well, guess what? 
he was their uncle. Yeah. They contacted him. He was 79 years old, retired in Florida, and had his DNA test done because when he was a child, he was six years old, and he was out riding bikes with his little brother, who was almost four, and he was in charge. And a lady came and offered them candy. And his little brother, Jerry, went with the lady, and he stayed with the bikes, and Jerry never came back. Yeah. Yeah. Their dad definitely was Jerry's brother, Jerry. Yeah. So then, of course, their family is so, I mean, now he's gone. They can't test him, but their DNA is, you know, telling a pretty, pretty convincing story. Then yeah. Tom sends them a picture of himself. And I'll show it to you guys here. They look nearly identical. Yeah. They look crazy similar. And they're so amazed. But again, there's really nobody to ask because his mother died when he was 12. And when she died, he was sent away to live with an uncle. And he just didn't have a strong connection to his family. And so... That's the thing that you have to know here. Like there just wasn't much to go on there, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So once they get to know him, they get to meet him, they discover they have all kinds of funny similarities. They both love coconut cake. They both loved movies and loved acting. And in fact, Uncle Tom had even had some headshots done when he was younger and wanted to be an actor. And apparently their dad, uh, Richard, or Jerry, if you will, uh, was way into movies and film and acting and also had a penchant for uh, coconut cake. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So according to his birth certificate, he was born in Staten Island on May 31st, 1943. Now, isn't that interesting? Because he was... Three and a half when he was kidnapped yeah. in 1945. Yeah. And so they were trying to pass him off as a two-year-old mm-hmm. when he was in fact a three and a half year old. Yeah. So one interesting thing about this is that that man was about 18 months older than he thought he was his whole life. Yeah. What a weird thing. Mm-hmm. So according to the birth certificate, he was born on Staten Island, May 30, May 31st, 1943, to Isabel and Angelo Palmadesso. They did not have any children of their own. Isabel was in her 40s, and she did have two daughters that were in their 20s from a previous relationship. But the two of these, these two people had no children together. Yeah. So again, when Richard was 12, Isabel died, and he was sent to live with his uncle Jack. And he stayed with that family until he graduated from high school. But after that, kind of went on his own in, his, in the world and hardly kept in contact with any family members. And then when he was 27, his dad died. So there just wasn't a ton of contact to family in general. So we do know that Angelo served in World War II for a couple of years and arrived back home to Staten Island in September 1945. Yeah. So there's the same year, right? Because this little guy 
was kidnapped on June 10th, 1945. Dad got home, or Angelo got home, from World War II on sept in September of 1945. And so it appears as though he went to war childless and came home to a child. And so there's speculation there that maybe when he went to war, he thought that she was pregnant. Or maybe she was and she miscarried. We're not sure yeah. if this was, uh, you know, or well, they're not sure if this was some kind of, if she kidnapped this little boy or if someone else did and she bought or adopted him from them in kind of a, you know, backroom adoption. Nobody really knows for sure. We do know that they, uh, you know, passed him off as a two-year-old, even though he was actually three and a half. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty wild. You must not know children very well. To think that a two-year-old is actually, or a three-and-a-half-year-old is actually a two-year-old. Yeah, they they're you really different. don't. Yeah. But if you really don't know kids, you know, maybe you wouldn't really know that. But yeah. at any rate, we don't really know about it. Um, family members did report that Isabel wasn't a very nice mom, that she was really hard on Richard and he was in trouble all the time. And I mean, obviously their dad wasn't much of a dad because as soon as mom died, he got rid of this kid. So he seemed a little unwanted, interestingly, sadly, considering that he was stolen from the people who did want him. But at any rate, that's what we know. That's what we know right there. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's quite the story. It is... Uh, it's a hell of a deal. The, the daughters have stayed really close to their Uncle Tom and continue to have a relationship with him and his wife. They didn't have any kids. And so to discover they have these nieces out here and their children and families and, yeah. you know, they're, they're becoming Very a family. Cool. And I just think that's really, really special. And in losing my own dad, I can say that having this, finding this really special uncle that looks like your dad and is a lot like your dad and is your dad's brother. I can only imagine what a wonderful blessing this is for these girls. Once they got over the shock of, you know, discovering that their poor dad was a kidnapped kid, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it definitely, Tom had said in an, in an interview that it definitely brought him some peace knowing that his brother was loved and had a good life and had, you know, a loving wife and kids and, you know, that he was yeah. okay. He also said that his dad was convinced that he was alive. That the the dad of these, you know, of Jerry was convinced that he was alive and that he was out there somewhere and that he, they just needed to find him, but just never did. Mm -hmm. Never So with all of that being said, what do we think about how Jerry ended up Richard and how this happened? I do feel like um, that Isabel adopted him. I don't feel like she stole him. I feel like someone else did and then um, provided her with the fake birth certificate and, and a bunch of that stuff. I don't get the impression from her that she had the gumption to go steal a child on her own. I do feel she'd been lying to her husband and, and the war, the war was ending and he was coming home and Oh shit. Now what am I going to do? Um, there was a lot of um, her identity built around being able to have children mm -hmm. and being able to provide children for him. So I do feel like she adopted him from some backroom, not cool adoption kind of situation. 
and passed him off to her husband as their own child. There was a kidnapper at the time, a woman who was known as the nanny, who had a ring of kidnapping and then adopting kids out going on. And so they really wondered if it was the nanny, the descriptions that they got of this woman. Um, they had some very loose uh, like witnesses and the descriptions they had made them think maybe it was the nanny. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying really, Christy, aligns with that, that uh, perhaps it was the, uh, yeah, the, one of the, the kidnapping. Apparently this was a little more common back when there was less, easy surveillance back when it was much easier to forge a thing like a birth certificate. Yeah. I mean, even 20 years before that, a lot of people didn't even have a birth certificate, you know, I mean, right. standardized records like we have now just weren't a thing. And so now it would be a much bigger deal to come up with a birth certificate, though it happens all the time, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it, back then it really wasn't that big of a deal to come up with a birth certificate. Right. Right. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things that I saw in this story that was interesting is that the the daughters did say that he, that the dad, Jerry or Richard, struggled with um, anxiety and that he was bipolar and that he really did have some issues with his mental health. And, and I imagine that he did. I Can you imagine? At three and a half, a child knows who they are. They yeah. know who their family is, you know. Mm -hmm. That took some serious brainwashing to convince this kid that they weren't who they said that they weren't who they thought they were, that the people mm -hmm. that were taking care of them were not their parents. And these were their parents. And that, you know, you remember kids at that age, how attached they are to how old they are. Yeah. And to tell a child who's three, almost four that, no, now you're two. I can't imagine that he really liked that so well. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm and, your mom. And, and I'm your mom. Your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, he was young enough that you could make those changes with a lot of repetition. But I mm -hmm. imagine he lived his whole life with conflict. Like there was a part of him mm -hmm. that knew something isn't right here. He didn't know what, but I bet he had, at that age, kids have more of a physical experience of emotions as memory mm -hmm. rather than actual like visual memory. Yeah. And so he could probably feel it, but not identify it. Yeah. But I, I would imagine all his life, and it's probably why he wasn't close to his family, because there was a part of him right. that knew they weren't, they, they weren't even his family to begin they with. They weren't even his family. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's, it's really a hell of a case. Yeah. And it's so frustrating to find all of this out after everyone who could have been asked is dead. Yeah. Because how many people in that family knew where that kid came from? You know, suddenly she so shows up with this child. You know, I'm guessing they didn't. I would imagine that while they were, while he was gone to war, she probably wasn't close to his family. They probably didn't have much of a connection. I feel like her family wasn't around either. And so nobody really knew. Nobody noticed. You know, I mean, there's certainly nobody no Facebook. Noticed. You know, it's not like there's, you know, people broadcasting their lives at, at all. And I'm right. guessing that nobody knew her. The marriage feels so unhappy. Yeah. I feel like the marriage between Isabel and, and Angelo was very unhappy anyway. And yeah, just trying to get this kid was a part of, I think, her trying to save that marriage. Mm -hmm. Knowing that she had been lying to him this whole time. He thinks he's coming home to his own son. And mm -hmm. then there is no kid, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's definitely was some big dysfunction there in that marriage. But yeah, it's quite the case. It does bring me a lot of joy for those sisters that they yeah. get to have this this uncle in their lives. I think there's some real magic and joy in that. And also, you know, for Tom to get some closure because even at six years old, his brother disappeared on his watch, you know, and it wasn't right. his fault. He was six years old, you know, but still he had to have had some trauma from that happening, oh, you know, yeah, for sure. That certainly had to have impacted him. And he was, you yeah. know, enough older that he would have a lot more memory of that experience than, than uh, little Jerry would have. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So, well, yeah. so that's where it's at. Pretty interesting. <laughs> And me, man, that DNA stuff is just answering questions right and left, even questions we didn't even know we had. It's very right. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. Yep. Oh, I just expect we'll see more and more of this kind of stuff. It's oh, we will. Yeah. The, the technology just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. And that connecting with people, you know, that you're related to—that's so interesting. Yeah. Because people find we had a cousin find us that way. Yeah. Who had been disconnected from her family, not a close cousin, but, you mm -hmm. know, because you had done, wasn't it you that had, you and Kara both did it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And connected with a very fun cousin in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah cool. Yep. Yeah. Well, and in this case, it solved a 70 plus year old kidnapping. Yeah, it surely did. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, it found mm -hmm. him. I mean, yeah. there'll never be any true closure as to what happened to him, but, you know. Yeah. But at least oh, there it is. the family has left nose now. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, just a reminder, you can find new cases coming out from us a few times a week. Now you might've noticed we've changed our format a little bit. We're shortening our episodes and putting out more content. So we're hoping yeah. that uh, you guys shows like that. Yes. And then two live shows a week as well. So five shows yeah. weekly. Yeah. Five total. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We're we're this is our first week. We were doing much longer shows, and we decided to shorten them, do more content, and see how that goes. Definitely open for your feedback. You know, for sure. And but we always want to hear what you guys have to say. If ever you have a case that you want us to look into, throw it our way. It might not be instant, but it'll definitely go on our list, and we'll remember sure. it uh, or get to it at least at some point. But. As always, you can find us on Facebook and on YouTube, True Crime Paranormal. We have a Patreon, which is True Crime Paranormal. We appreciate your support there if you want extra content. And, of course, we have a TikTok. So come yes. find our TikTok. We do uh, and, little short synopsises. And we and now we have, have a Reddit. Reddit. We're also yeah. just started on Reddit. We're going to get going on Reddit. Uh, there's so much true crime stuff on Reddit. If that's the place you're interested, come find us. We're True Crime Paranormal over there as well. Yeah, we'll keep uh, working that angle also. So we're just uh, true criming it up over here, you know. We sure kind are. of. <laughs> well, we're not committing them. We just talk about them. <laughs> yeah. We're just washing for them. That's all. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys. Well, have a great day and thanks so much for being here. You have been watching or listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Okay. Well. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform.
If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.